0: imagine I don't care whether you've got a good imagination or a thoroughly inadequate one like mine but try and imagine what it was like in Nazareth at that time Jesus had grown up grown up in a town presumably which was reasonably respectable had a synagogue he was a a regular attender there he was known as the the carpenter the carpenter's son he was fairly normal ordinary you don't know how it was that he came to be teaching in the synagogue at this particular story. But presumably it was not unusual. He would have had some sort of call from the synagogue themselves. They would have chosen people who could read the Hebrew, who read the lessons and then explained them. He was busy teaching and they were surprised how good he was at it. And so sort of Mark seems to be concerned. They were upset because he was an ordinary bloke doing an extraordinary thing. So Luke tells us a bit more about how he was, in a sense, preaching against them. But anyway, here we have someone who is an ordinary person in a town who gets above himself. That's how it seems to the congregation. Do you know anybody that's got above themselves? Who doesn't know where they belong? I bet you do. Very easy to react to a message, especially if it's a little bit uncomfortable, to say, who does he think he is? Jumped up so and so. I guess that's how Jesus was coming across. And they took offense at him. And Jesus said, Well, that's what's to be expected. Where humanly I belong is the place where I'm rejected. It's always been the way. The prophets, even the kings of old, found the same thing. It was the people who hadn't grown up with them, that accepted them, that welcomed them. And so Jesus carries on with his ministry. The ministry to which he knows he's been called by God, But people around him think he's getting above himself. But at Nazareth, he was a failure. He could do no deed of power there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and cured them. I think that's pretty good going if you can lay your hands on a few sick people and cure them, but for Jesus that was not enough It counted as a failure. He went off some else. And then we're told not of what he did there in the other villages, but of what he sent his disciples to do. He went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and sent them out two by two. He gave them authority. the sort of authority that he had that wasn't recognized by those who had grown up with him. And they had much more success than he did. They cast out many demons and anointed with all many who were sick and cured them. They were doing a lot better. So use your imagination again from the point of view of the disciples. They've begun to think this is the man who is going to change the world or to generate our society. And he can't do very much in his own town. How easy would it have been them just to say, oh well we got that wrong, it won't be the first time, it won't be the last. For some reason they stuck by him, they then began to succeed. Now that success, that failure of course is measured in earthly terms which is what we tend to do, isn't it? So how are you getting on in your Christian life? I have no doubt that most of you are basically good people. None of us claim to be perfect. We're not doing too badly, are we? bit like the people in Nazareth, I think. Good church-going people. Wouldn't do do, do harm to anyone. And yet, is there something lacking? Have we failed to see the real presence of Jesus in our lives, in the life of our community? very easily when we see people who somehow seem to be ahead of us in the Christian life very easy to get jealous upset that somebody else has got some gift or other that we'd really rather like all the time in the history of the Christian church. Look at the way the church has split over the years. Methodists were good at preaching so the Anglicans branded them as heretics. Well, that's a bit of an oversimplification perhaps but it's not far off the mark. You do that so easily. And then are we discouraged by there being just a few of us, there being lots of people out there somewhere who take no notice of us, of Christian teaching, the good news that we believe we've got? Are we failures like Jesus was in Nazareth? I think maybe sometimes we are. we have to accept that just as Jesus accepted it. Do we find we can't even share that faith with our nearest and dearest? Within our families? Or with those we get on best with at work, with the pub, or at the football match, or wherever? The hardest people to communicate with, to share good news with, can often be the ones who are closest to us. In other words, sometimes we're like Jesus. Having difficulty communicating with those who we might expect to be closest to us. Well, take heart, because this is not your work to bring in the kingdom of God. It's God's. The way he works for you will be different from the way you expect, the way others expect of you. The disciples probably assumed they'd be joining Jesus in proclaiming good news to the people of Nazareth the obvious place to start but no he sent them out from there as they were sent out they found they succeeded not by their own strength because they tried hard because God blessed them in that particular endeavor And of course, other disciples, as they went out, found themselves facing much stronger opposition and even persecution. St. Paul had his fair share of the ups and downs of Christian life. Wonderful visions, barely describable. And then he found a thorn in the flesh, which he knew it was God, telling him not to trust in what he knew humanly, but only in the power of God, the strength of God. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. If you listen to a motivational speaker, they might well be expected to say, be strong. The Christian message is rather different. Be weak. And don't be ashamed of that weakness. Because when you are weak too, then you are strong. In other words, be realistic about being a Christian. About how good you are. But how much you can do. But have vision too. What God can do in you. Even when He sends you to the people close to you. The most strongly resistant to whatever you've got to say in the name of God. Prophets before us always found that. Remember Ezekiel's words, the words of God that to Ezekiel, I should say. I'm sending you to the people of Israel, to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. They shall know that there's been a prophet among them. A rebellious house. Perhaps our nation is more of a rebellious house than we like to think. Very strikingly, There was a publication called To a A Rebellious House that appeared a long time ago now. It's part of a mission consultation within the Anglican church. And who was that rebellious house? Oh yes, it was the respectable people. It was the Church of England being looked at from outside, As folk realise that so easily we do our particular thing and rely on ourselves. Don't. Be weak in yourself and depend on the strength of God who even in you, even in me, can do the most wonderful thing.